field. That one's called to the right. Hunter on the move. Racing back. It's over his head. It's gone. It's into the bullpen. This game is tied. This game is tied. David Ortiz. David Ortiz. David Ortiz. This is Red Sox Beat on CLNS Radio. I think it would be a big statement if John Farrell started Travis Shaw on opening day, and I'd be totally cool with it. Because I think it would, it, it, if that doesn't give Sandoval motivation to, to play better defense and play better, period, nothing will. I think they're going to make Jeter that first unanimous vote, and I hate that about baseball writers. If you belong in the Hall of Fame, you get voted in the Hall of Fame. Achievement or a new milestone. So don't just be like, hey, we, we signed this player, we're going to have a ceremony. Like, no, no. Like. Now, to your hosts. All right, Red Sox fans, another edition of Red Sox Beat here on CLNS Radio. Of course, on Twitter at Red Sox underscore Beat. Facebook is Red Sox Beat Podcast on iTunes, on Stitcher. If you can rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes, that would be phenomenal, as we would love that. As the season approaches, news coming in, flying coming in, the full squad's there uh, in Fort Myers. News is coming out. We have a lot to talk about. Uh, officially 42 days now. Lauren's excited until the season opener for your Boston Red Sox. Uh, well, they're starting to warm up. It's supposed to be like in the 60s this week at some point. So who knows? Maybe winter actually is over a little early. I'm, I'm probably counting uh, on that way too soon. But maybe winter is over. Who knows? Um, but guys, we have a lot to talk about this week. It's kind of nice. Yeah, I'm excited. You know, we're getting really close to the season now. The weather's starting to warm up, like you said. And it's just beginning to feel like spring. And I'm really excited. Yeah, now that the, the truck day crap and all that stuff's oh, over, and we actually have a we actually have a countdown until the opener, which is actual baseball. That's getting more exciting. Yeah, and we got uh, some spring. The spring training games start this week. Uh, Thursday is the the college doubleheader. Uh, if that's if I have that correct, I believe that's Thursday. Is it though? So I was looking at the schedule, and it said versus Northeastern on Thursday. It didn't say anything about BC, but it's always been one in the past. So I don't know if it's labeled wrong or if it's not happening. Or are they not no, doing it? Do- BC isn't going. I, I don't know why, but actually okay. somebody I work with brought that up to me. So it's, Wait, they're, they're... that's weird. They always go. Yep, so they do. And... Okay, so well, the, the college game, then we'll call it that, is on Thursday, uh, which means that, that the games kick off, which is nice. You know, you'll see some highlights. We're not doing Jess's recap. Sorry for those of you who want that, but we're not doing that. We're not doing it for spring training games. <laughs> well, like half uh, the games aren't even televised, so. <laughs> yeah, so it would be very hard for Jess hard. to recap games he can't watch. Um, so... That being said, we'll still obviously be here talking to your Red Sox. And the big news, guys, and we're going to have to jump right into it because this is kind of a big deal. Um, not more on the sense of macro level for the Red Sox because I don't think he was going to impact the catching position too much this year. I really just believe that he's not ready yet. But And he, what he's done in the last week has really proved me right on that case. Blake Swihart can't even get the ball back to the mound. And he has the biggest case of the yips right now. And, Lauren, I remember I tweeted – or it might have been Facebook, one of the two. I remember we went back and forth, and I mentioned how it reminded me of the movie Major League and how I forget the name of the catcher in the movie, but basically he memorized Playboy articles for like their, all the girls' like favorite habits to get the ball back to the mound because he has the yips. Like This is the exact same situation if you have seen that movie. He literally just cannot get the ball no matter who it is, whether it's your ace or whether it's your last guy in AAA. He cannot get the ball back to the mound right now, and it's kind of a problem. Yeah, that that was a great reference, and um, with the major league movie, it's one of my favorite movies. And I just, I thought of that instantly when I was reading about all this. And I think I had tweeted to you, Jared, that I was watching it on CSN. That the he was just thrown over the heads of pitchers. He was throwing off to the side, and I mean, yeah, he's got he's got a little case of the yips. And I know you said you don't think he's ready, but you need to 
like realize when he came up in the league, he was kind of forced into the majors when we lost both of our catchers to like Tommy John and freak accidents and breaking bones and stuff. So he was kind of forced into the position quickly. And then when he's comfortable in it, he gets moved out into left field where you know, he has that ankle injury and needs to have surgery, which ends the season. So he's kind of been all over the place. And when you think about it, throwing from left field to home is a lot different than throwing from the from home plate to, to the pitcher's mound. And I know it's not something he's done for a long time, but it's the transition from going back and forth doesn't really give me a need to worry right now. I'll worry if we're two weeks from the season and he's still missing the mound. Yeah, I, uh, I'm going to chalk this up to uh, a simple thing that I said last week. It's uh, February 20th right now. I don't think this is going to continue happening when you get to the season. Yeah, like Lauren said, if it does, then we can start worrying about it. But at the moment, I think it's a big, huge case of who cares and blown out of proportion, and he's not worried about it. So if he's not worried about it, and it's only February 20th, I'm not worried about it. I, I, understand, it's be an issue. I understand it's only February 20th, but like, if you're a major league catcher, you're trying to be a major league catcher, and you've played at this level before, and you've played the outfield last year before you got hurt, like you should be able to throw the ball consistently back to the chest of the guy throwing it to you, who's what? Not that, like, what, 60 feet away? Yeah. You got to, uh, you, you, you know, some things out of your system sometimes. Not everyone's perfect. At that level, that isn't perfection. That's, like, understood that you should be able to throw the ball back to the pitcher's mound. Spring training. I, I don't, don't, <laughs> Jess, don't give me the spring training bull crap. Like, I'm going to. It's the worst thing ever because, literally, if, if it was back in the day and, like, and, or even now, like, what would you say if it was Christian Vasquez? Would you say, "Hi, oh, I told you so he wasn't ready because I know you're not a Christian Vasquez guy? No, I'd say it's spring training. <laughs> like, it just, it bugs me. I don't like that answer only because I, only because it's, it is a big deal. Like a catcher at a major league level who's at major league camp is, a, is competing for a, a spot on the big league club come opening day. And he can't hit the guy between the letters on his jersey or whatever come a week into spring training and he still has the yips and it's gotten worse. Something's going on between the years there. I mean, you need to establish trust between the pitchers and catchers and, you know, he's going to do that. He's got to get back into the groove of things. And, you know, like I said, if we're two weeks from the season and he still can't hit the mound, then I'm, I'm going to raise a, a red flag. But right now I'm just kind of, you know, whatever, let's get a week or two in solid workouts, see where he's at. And, you know, next week, let's see where he's at next Monday at 1030 when we're recording. So do you guys think he's hurt? No, I don't. Oh. I don't have any reason to think that right now. No, I think it's just a lot of position switching, and he's just not used to the position and have to get used to it. And that's what coaches are for, and more reps. And uh, yeah, I mean, I don't, I just don't see a problem with it. And I mean, he he said it's going all right, and he's the one who's throwing them all over the place. So I, I just don't think it's a big deal. Okay. Well, I, I don't want to go too much into it because clearly uh, I'm in the I'm in the minority here, um, but. If it gets worse, I'm going to tell you I told you so because that's who I am. But other other things to kind of go along with here in spring training that we want to touch on here, um, Drew Pomerantz and Stephen Wright both threw bullpen sessions today, which is Monday the 20th. Um, and I know Pomerantz was brought up to about the bullpen situation. He said he wasn't thinking about it, um, and he's and he's going to win that rotation spot. I, I don't see how he doesn't win the rotation spot, to, to be honest, guys. I know we've talked about this a little bit, but – Hearing him say that's nice and all, but I don't see how he doesn't win it just seeing the, the situation this team's in. Yeah, I, I'm kind of with you there. I, I think he's going to get the four or the 
four or five spot. Um, I do like the the attitude that he's got going in there where he's like, I'm not a bullpen person. I'm a starter. And that's what I'm here in spring training to do is just win it back. And like, and I, he's young too. And he had that stem cell injection and it was pretty experimental and not really sure how his body's really going to react to it. So I guess we'll have to wait to see as spring training goes on, how, how he reacts to it and how his strength builds up. But I think there's really no questions right now with, you know, I haven't really heard too much about Erod, but in his knee issue. So I do think it's going to be Pomerantz getting one of those spots. Yeah, I agree. I think he will be in the rotation. And yes, like you said, Lauren, it's the, the confidence is going to help because actually funny example um, that I'm definitely going to bring to the show right now because it, it, it completely like goes along with this. I was talking to a coach uh, for an article uh, for the paper and uh, he took over a basketball high school basketball program that had gone one in 59 in their last three seasons before he showed up there. Woof. <laughs> two winless seasons in a row. And, uh, he came in and even though they hadn't won a game in two seasons, he told the guys, our goal is to state championship and I'm going to make sure we get there. And everyone just like thought he was crazy. They all laughed at him. And, uh, sure enough, four years later, his team's 19 and three right now, and they have a very good chance of winning the state championship. So what he said to me was, if you don't believe that you're going to do it, then you're definitely not going to do it. So if, if you believe you have a, a, a better chance, likelihood of doing it. So if Pomerant says, I'm going to be in the rotation, I'm not going to the bullpen, then he's got a lot better chance than being like, well, you know, I might go to the bullpen. We'll see. So that's my example. Well, that. I mean, I, I agree with that example. I mean, it's one horrible that program was that bad, but <laughs> the fact that like the fact that, um, you know, a lot of people say this and it's true and in, in, in everyday life as well. If you write down your goals or you say your goals, you're going to do them more times than you're not. If you don't write them down, or you don't say they're achievable. You have to believe in yourself a little bit no. to like actually be successful. Uh, so, I mean, I love that he's saying it. Um, the same thing with Pablo Sandoval, you know, like I love that he's saying he's going to win the third base job back because what would we think of him if he didn't, you know, like how would you achieve your goals if you don't think you're going to do it? Right. And Hanley last year too, he said, I'm going to play better this year. And boom, he did. It's great. <laughs> love it. I love when things come true. <laughs> you're that very would... good at predicting as we've learned over the years that you're very good at this prediction thing. So just maybe you should predict the Red Sox are going to win the world series. Maybe then it'll come true. <laughs> okay. I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> Because I wouldn't hate, me, I like. wouldn't hate it that the, if the Patriots won the Super Bowl and then, not even a full year later, the Red Sox won a World Series. Wouldn't hate that. Um, don't count the Celtics. So. That yeah, I, yeah, don't go there. Um, I'm in a bad mood after the Demarcus Cousins trade, so don't go there. Uh, oh, um, come on. I'm not starting that conversation, Jess. It's not happening. Come on. Um, <laughs> okay, so I'm. I know we just talked about it, um, and I, I mentioned Pablo Sandoval quickly, but. He is looking good, and I know um, he did come out and say that reason for his weight loss was um, was shame on himself and that he wanted his son to uh, see him play, blah, 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 all that personal crap that you can spew out if, you have any, if you're having issues. It's nice for him to say it out loud like this, uh, and he says he knows what he needs to get done to get the third base job back. Kind of the same idea we were just talking about with the Pomerantz situation. I kind of hinted to it. He's kind of saying all this stuff out loud now, so it's gonna. It only means more, I think, because you say it out loud, and now everyone knows what your process is, and goes, okay, he's doing this for his kid, he's doing this for himself. He felt shamed, and now he wants to write what he did wrong. 
it's only good signing if hearing him kind of come out about his son and things like that. Because that's the first time I don't think we've ever heard of that situation of where he did this all because of his son. It's the first time we've heard that. Well, I mean, it's definitely. I mean, his son's a newborn, so or an infant. He's young, and I know he came out and said, "Like, I want to play eight more years, so my kid can say, like, my dad plays in the big leagues, and yep. that he got to see him play." So that's like, I mean, you can use your kids as motivation, and because you don't want to grow up a fat slob and have your kid take after you because they're they're monkey see monkey do kind of thing (laughs) and you know it's so much different than last year because you know he came in last year didn't really say too much like you know everyone was saying 17 percent body fat or whatever it was and he just looked awful he just looked out of shape and i'm sure the whole shame thing i'm sure he was on social media or reading what was being said about him and you know the media really went after him with his weight and of course that's going to get to anybody no matter what no matter who you are and for him to kind of take that and drop some weight he looks looks like he's in really good shape and to hear that he's ready um to win that third base position back i'm ready for him to win it back too because he's 95 million dollar third baseman who's already missed this one year of his contract basically so i'm ready for him to earn it back yeah, I really hope he plays well because it's time. I mean, if you're not humili- humiliated if by what happened, as, as he as it happened to him, I mean, you sign that big deal and then you are terrible and then you miss the whole season. Like, it doesn't get much more humiliating than that, especially when you're in a big place like this where everybody's noticing what's happening. So if he comes out and has another dud after all this, then he's going to look really, really bad. So he kind of has to play well or no one's ever going to believe a word he ever says the rest of his life so he kind of has to i mean his I, image I, can't get his image can't get much worse just because of you know what he let the weight the weight really did get become a problem obviously and i think that um now i mean if he does all this he does, he's putting the work in so that's that can only help his image right you're seeing him drop the pounds you're seeing him come in here and uh we're not making jokes of like breaking belts or anything like that it's you know pablo's doing this for himself, doing this for his kid to watch him play baseball when he gets older. And um, he wants to come back and be the third baseman for the Boston Red Sox. And if we all have to wish for that, for that to be a good thing, as much as you might not be a fan of Pablo Sandoval, if you're a fan of the Red Sox, you have to be rooting for Pablo Sandoval. Because if you're not, then you're not rooting for success in third base, and that's going to hurt your team. Because we, the Red Sox, in order for them to be successful this year, do need him to do well, do need him to come back and have that redemption season. Because if they don't, and he doesn't, then this team is, I wouldn't say doomed, but it's a lot harder when you don't have a guy at a very important position succeeding and being able to play up to his potential after coming back and losing the weight and really putting in the work that he's put in. I don't know if you guys follow him on Instagram at all, but he's over the, before he got to Florida and everything, he was posting um, his workouts that he was doing and he was posting his workout videos and he was just drenched in sweat at the end of them. And what he was doing is just absolutely ridiculous. Just it's constant go, go, go. It's the weights, the cardio, it's everything. And he's just doing everything right. And I liked seeing that too over the off season because you know, obviously we didn't see that last year and it just, that kind of goes almost a step further to show like he's really serious about his weight and his health and his career. So that was, I don't know if you guys have seen that, but they were pretty intense videos. No, I didn't see it, but remember last season when he said he was doing the same thing, remember that quote came out and he was like, yeah, I'm working out seven days a week, 10 hours a day from 5am to 10pm. And like, and then everyone's like, but 
you look exactly the same. Like, what happened? And nobody saw a video of the workouts. He just said he did. So, like, what happened to that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't see that either, Lauren, but um, I, I, I do remember seeing I the pictures. Now. Yeah, <laughs> I, I do remember seeing the pictures, you know, when he was drenching sweat and all that. And it was good to see. And, you know, it was the first step. And I think him reporting to camp, consistently at the weight that we saw him at even less um, in those pictures as well. I think it's a, it's a good step in the right direction. And like I said, as Red Sox fans, as just as a whole in this town, you, you have to root for him, even if you don't want to. I mean, you, you can't have it both ways if you want to vote against him, but the Red Sox do well. Um, he, his success is going to drive a lot of what this team does moving forward. And we really need his production to make up for some of Ortiz. He's not Ortiz, and he's not going to be, but at least something to. No, because if, but if but if his production does get better or does get consistently okay, and then you do have Chris Sale, like like they claim they're using that to make up for Ortiz combination of bringing Chris Sale in here and helping the pitching, on top of Pablo Sandoval returning to what he might have been before, really does help kind of close that gap. Not say completely shut it down, but you know it does help shrinking that gap a little bit. Hey, quick yeah. question for you guys. Hit me. Let's go. Bring it on. Just out of nowhere here, do you guys think that Hanley's going to have another down year this year, or is he going to do as well as he did last year? A down it's year? So... Right. Uh... It's so... Like, is he, so, he going to go so... back downhill? I was just going to bring up Hanley and talk about how massive he looks and how great his hair looks as well. It's much better than last year. Um, and I think... I think... I mean, I'm kind of torn. I don't think he's going to have a down year, but I think he's really going to miss Ortiz because clearly the you know they they kind of bonded the years he, that Hanley was here with Ortiz. Um, but I also think he knows that there's a huge void to fill that nobody's going to fill it. Nobody's going to replace Ortiz. We all know that. But I think Hanley is kind of going to want to take on some of that leadership and responsibility because he kind of knows you know we don't have Big Poppy anymore. We don't have a huge bat so I think he's going to kind of take that and kind of roll with it and I don't really see him having a down year I think he's going to be the happy smiling positive guy we saw last year well Lauren you mentioned it too like you know you want him to take more of that leadership he already kind of has you know he he's he's one of the first ones in the in the morning night for all the reports and he took David Ortiz's lockers in spring training so he's now trying to take over that leadership role at that as that presence as well and um, I don't know if you guys saw the video I'm pretty sure I saw it first on Barstool. I think it was Carabas who wrote it. But um, they showed him a video. I think the production team was putting together like a video from last year. And there was one home run. That they showed Hanley. And it was Hanley crushing the crap out of the ball. And basically he was there laughing at it, cheering it on, like yelling at himself to flip the bat. Like this guy enjoys the game still. And we started seeing it last year. He's enjoying it again. He hasn't been a problem. And being around David Ortiz, I think, rubbed off on him the right way last year. Now I think he really understands what it means to be a leader. I don't think he has a down year. Um, I think he actually comes close to what he did last year. I, I think that he knows how important it is. At the, at the plate, he's going to be DHing most of the time, so he can focus on hitting. He can focus on that. Um, and I, I think he comes back and has a consistent year and, and can compete with the numbers he put up last year, no question. Cool, interesting. I've just seen several different people talking about like is he gonna get this production again what's what's gonna happen what do you think it seems i don't know i i'm torn because i think he's not gonna be as good because he doesn't have the protection of ortiz but we're gonna need him and if he does want to take that leadership role i think he will be better so maybe still good season but not as good as last year i know a lot of people don't think he's gonna do well at all without ortiz but i don't i'm not willing to say that because i don't want that that to happen (laughs) and that also goes along with the trend of how important pablo sandoval is because 
you don't have the protection of David Ortiz, but if Pablo Zanoval can hit the ball and get back to the production that he once had, now you have some protection in maybe hitting him fifth. Um, because that, there's a lot of talk of who's hitting fifth right now. There's really no kind of definite answer. Uh, some people think Jackie Bradley, which I God, God no. Um, some people think other other guys around the, the lineup. You can't really put any of the catchers there. So Pablo Sandoval is kind of your default answer, but it's probably the best option you have. But if he's hitting consistently in the five spot, then you do have some protection for Hanley. Yeah, it's a good question of who hits where. Because okay. I, I think everyone's just assuming... You know, bets, uh, bets third, and then it's Hanley and then Sandoval, but maybe not. Maybe have Hanley a little lower, take some pressure off him. I assume Pedroia's going to lead off. It seems like that's kind of the, the. But then you have Bogarts too. If if Benintendi's hitting second, which might or might not happen, because then he'd be hitting way lower, like sixth or seventh, and it's still a pretty good lineup. If I would say your best bet would be Pedroia's leading off. I don't think there's any question about that. Then I think at that point you either have. Um, if Benintendi hits second, then who knows what happens to Xander. If they really want to, you can have Xander hit third, Mookie hit cleanup, which would be insane, and then Hanley hit fifth, which I don't see happening. Um, but I think that could help because then you have Pablo hitting sixth, you have some protection. Um, but I can't imagine that Pejoria doesn't hit leadoff with all the, all the kind of rumblings going around. That kind of seems to be the constant. No matter what happens, he's starting the game. I mean, I think no matter what you do with this with this lineup, it still looks pretty stacked on paper. So either way, I think it's a win-win. All right. Well, you are listening to, of course, Red Sox Beat here on uh, CLNS Radio, and the show is brought to you by our good friends at ZipRecruiter. It's the new year, which means a fresh start for your business, and a great year starts with making great hires. But posting your job in one place isn't enough to find quality candidates. If you want to find the perfect hire, you need to post your job on all the top job sites. And now you can. With ZipRecruiter, you can jumpstart your hiring in 2017, post your job to 200-plus job sites, including social media networks like Facebook and Twitter, all with a single click. Find candidates in any city or industry nationwide. Just post once and watch your qualified candidates. Roll into ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use interface. No juggling emails or calls to your office. Quickly screen candidates, rate them, and hire the right person. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by over 1 million businesses. And right now, our listeners can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash sportsfan. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash sportsfan. One more time to try it for free, go to ZipRecruiter.com slash sportsfan. And, of course, we're also brought to you by our good friends at Audible. And you want to check out that deal we have going on there as well. So go ahead and check out our good friends at Audible as well. Um, Obviously, a lot of Red Sox stuff to talk about. And we can talk about Red Sox stuff until we're um, blue in the face. (laughs) That's the point of why we're here. But there is some stuff going on around the league before we get out of here for the week. Um, And the first one I want to talk about is kind of a a rule change that the MLB is talking about, guys. So I know we've we've all kind of touched on this on social media across the week. So if you guys have seen this, um, then you kind of know our take on it. But um, they propose that they want to switch the order for batting practice to have the home team um, to take it first or was it to take it second? Which one was I think they're they're switching it to whatever it is now. So home team right now takes it first. Um, so they want to switch it to have the home team take it second so that people can get in there and, like, see the home team bat. Because right now, if you go to most ballparks, you're only going to see the visiting team hit BP. Um, and they want to switch it. Um, now, what they should do is probably just open the gate sooner and get everyone in there sooner. But what do you guys think of that proposed change? 
I mean, whatever gets uh, whatever can get me in the park sooner, I'm all for. But <laughs> I mean, I'm with you, Jared. They should just open the gates sooner. Period. Like it'd just be easier that way, and I can see it from both ways where fans of the visiting team wouldn't make it to the park in time, but then fans of the home te- home team wouldn't make it to the park in time. There's only so much you can do inside the park before the game actually starts. So I can see it from a revenue standpoint too, where they just want people to buy your eight dollar hot dogs and your thirteen dollar beer. Like, I get it, but like I said, whatever gets me into the park sooner, I'm all for. I'm surprised they haven't yeah. done that already because, like, opening the gates super early just makes more mo- puts more money in their pockets. Yeah, they always seem to be opposed to that. Like, I feel like a lot of arenas don't don't open until like, later on, which is interesting for sure. I didn't know hot dogs were $80 now, Lauren. That's an even bigger jump. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, yeah, I never gave my take on this on uh, on Twitter. But yeah, I mean, obviously you can open the gates sooner. That'd be great. But if they don't do that, I think this is a good a good change to do because I know I always sometimes I go early and want to see batting practice, and it's always either the away team doing it or everybody's already done. And like I'm always like, man, what if I want to see the Red Sox bat? And I never get to. So if they switched them, made the Red Sox um, bat second, that's great. I would love that. So I really. If they're not going to open the gates early, I like that idea a lot. Yeah, I, I think that um, I, I know a lot of times I've always gotten there, and like when I do get there early, you know, um, most of us do enjoy the around Fenway Park before the game, ha- ha- have our drink or two, and then go to the game and, and go from there. And by the time you get in there, you, you are catching the tail end of, of the BP for the opposing team, and the Red Sox are long gone into the dugout and doing Lord knows what in the clubhouse, hopefully preparing for the game um, coming into that night. So it's it's a situation where it never really made sense to me why you wouldn't let the fit, let the fans of the actual home team watch their team hit BP. Um, and it also doesn't make sense because wouldn't, if you're the home team, wouldn't you want to warm up as close to the first pitch as possible? Why would you want to take BP first and then even be, be even longer of a time in between that and first pitch? You're going to get even colder. So I feel like it would be an advantage for the home team to ha- take BP closer to the actual first pitch. Yeah, I mean, when you put it that way, it just it kind of just makes more sense. And like you said, Jess, there's been times I've gone into the park where it's just done at that point. I was like, okay, that's cool. Like, don't really know what to do now. But, I mean, it's I just feel like there's any reason to try to make a rule change of exactly what the MLB is doing right now. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you, you get there, like, pretty early. It's like you get there, like, 6, 10 for 7 o'clock game, and, like, everybody's already done. I'm like, man, how early do I have to get here? They don't even let me in. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> and then you when you do get in, teams. when you do get in, like you said, Jess, you're watching nothing, and now you got to watch. You got to get your first beer or whatever you're doing, and sit there in your seat and watch them water down the field. And it's like right. I, lo- I love it. It's awesome. A lot of us baseball peers enjoy that sighting, but like I'm paying to watch them play. Let me watch BP. Let me watch my team crush a couple balls over the monster before the game starts. It's the least you can do for the ticket prices you guys make me pay to get in there. <laughs> And maybe yep. get a ball too, you know, stand in the outfield, get a ball, and it's. I tried that once, and you know, five minutes later they were done, and I was like, well, that was anticlimactic. So it's like, yeah, right? It, it, with, <laughs> if with that, with that stuff, or you know, and you got to make a choice too. Like they make you choose. Like, do you go outside? Do you go on Yaki Way? Do you go in the pro shop? Blah blah blah. Or do you go out in the field and go for autographs and batting practice stuff? Like you have to decide because if you do one and not the other, then you're not going to be able to do the other. If you if you don't do, if you do Yaki Way like at all, then you know most people can't get there before a certain time and they don't let you in anyway so it's like you have to sacrifice that if you want to go in the pro shop for 10 minutes then you're not going to go see 
autographs or batting practice or anything. So you got to choose which blows to. So yeah, and sure does. <laughs> the the history of at least I mean you, it's kind of a is it well, actually, I don't know. Let me ask you guys this: Is it a league rule or is it a team to team thing? Like if the if say the league does put this into effect, can they change it if they want, or is it it's a league wide rule, right? Like it's got yes. to be consistent across all ballparks? Yeah, I don't think it seems it's... like, yeah. Yeah. Because okay. I was going to say, you should be able to choose. Like, if I mean, because I feel like some owners, like the Red Sox ownership, I feel like would want to open gates super early and get everybody in just because who they are. You know, they always care about making that dollar no matter what it is. And I've, I've sat on this show and a bunch of other shows I've been on and trashed ownership because of the way they run their system and the way they run it. Um, they came out and said with the improvements they're making, they're going to keep Fenway open for a crap ton more years i think that's a wrong decision that's another show entirely but little things like that this ownership would be the most sense to, to do something like that and open the gates early and i'm surprised they haven't fought harder it doesn't seem like they've ever made any leeway on that this would be a prime market because everyone around here would eat that up yeah it's definitely got to be a league thing because if, if you if teams could do what they wanted, then I feel like it would be very different than than what they do. So the league can just get their act together and make them allow them to uh, to switch it up and have more fans see the players. I think you'll be uh, have a lot more happy fans. Yeah, and and I'm intrigued to see where this goes because um, this is something that makes so much sense. I still think they're focusing on the wrong part of the game. Until they really start focusing on pace to play and that kind of stuff, I'll always agree with the fact that they are focusing on the wrong part. But I do like, if it's a small change like this, on top of looking into pace to play, I'm all for it. Because I think this rule actually would make sense for um, just fan's sake of being able to see their home team. It's just, and it does benefit the team like I talked about. So, um, other news, before we get to something smaller, there's apparently another domestic violence some case going around. Um, the Mets are involved now uh is it Juris Familia? Is that how you say it? Is the J silent? I say it juries, but I probably don't say it right. <laughs> I think it's Juris. Yeah, but I, it's I, juries, but it's, I think it's Juris Familia. Um, well, he left Mets camp. Whatever, however you say his first name. He left the Mets camp Friday and Saturday. Um, said he, uh, Terry Collins said he wasn't around Sunday, but will be Monday and for the rest of the spring. Um, if you guys don't know, he was arrested on the 31st of October for domestic violence. Um and Manfred basically said he'll have the decision by the end of the spring. But I'm just sick of seeing this, guys. Like, we talk about it a lot, so I don't want to go into it too much because, you know, you've talked about Chapman and Reyes and other guys around the league who've had this issue and who've gotten suspended. This has got to be another suspension case, in my opinion, the way Manfred's handled the past. Yeah, I mean, just looking at the history and just last year, um, I don't think Manfred's going to have any problem handing him a suspension as well as he should. Um, like I said, I know we've talked about this quite a few times already. For on the show and not going to get too far into it, but I think he's handled handle it in the past how he should, and I think this time is going to be no different. Yeah, every time this this uh, this time of year, we're talking about whether a pitcher is going to be suspended <laughs> or a pitcher or a player is going to be suspended for the beginning of the season. So, getting tired of it, these guys need to uh, calm themselves and don't, don't get so aggressive and angry. <laughs> to say it very nicely, calm themselves. Um, <laughs> calm yourself. We'll leave it there. Um, and I, I look at this situation as it's kind of just basically playoff history, right? He, he's Manfred's had a very no tolerance policy for this kind of stuff. Um, thank God, because our other certain commissioners around the world have not been so 
aggressive with it. Um, who who, who are you talking about? Yeah, I wonder. Um, so <laughs> I wonder who I'm talking about. Um, so I'm glad that he's doing this. He has that history. And I think this is going to be another, I hate to say, notch on his belt in terms of suspensions for domestic abuse. But um, at least he's at least he's doing something about it. Manfred is. I think he's handled every situation the right way. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, juries or juries, however you want to say it, uh, familiar definitely <laughs> juries <with> out <laughs> have the same situation um, as the past uh, players have. So we'll obviously keep an eye on that. But I'm assuming it's going to be in the same situation. Um, and one more quick thing. So there's a 41 year old pitcher who is going to be pitching for the Canadian World Baseball Classic team. He hasn't pitched in the major since 2008. Anyone know who that is? He used to pitch for the Red Sox. <laughs> Boy, what a disaster that was. Yeah, so Eric Gagne, um, if, you didn't, if you didn't think you guessed it when listening to here, um, is trying to make an MLB comeback. Um, and guys, I laugh at that. I mean, I, I liked Eric Gagne, you know, when he was his prime, he was good, but at 41 years old, I was even shocked to hear he was trying to pitch for Canada, let alone Canada actually want him to pitch for them. He should take some advice from David Ortiz and spend his spring training wherever David Ortiz is, some tropical beach right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, geez, there's a certain point where you just got to give up. Nine years, 2008. He hasn't pitched since the Celtics won the championship. Give it up, dude. Jeez. Oh, don't even, don't, even, don't tell it to me. <laughs> don't say that to me. Uh, that hurts a little bit inside. That that hurts my inner Kendrick Perkins. It hurts a little bit. Um, if you think also, about how long it's been, it's like, come on. Yeah, yeah, it, it's kind of crazy. It's, it's 2017, nine years. Um, I can't imagine it's going to work out if he tries to. I can't imagine it's going to help anyway. But it'd be funny to see him actually do it. Um, I just can't imagine it's going to work anyway. But. Um, I can't believe he hasn't pitched since then. It seems like he pitched way more recently than that. Yeah, I can't believe it's been that either. Has he pitched even in the minors, or has he been like out of baseball? I think he's pitched in the minors, right? Okay. Yeah. I, I honestly didn't look into it. I was sincerely asking because I really don't know. And that's how yeah, relevant Eric Gagne's been because he was pretty relevant when he was in the majors, but um, it shows to goes to show how much he's actually meant to the game of baseball since 2008. Um, and I'd, I'd be intrigued to see if he could get back to the majors. I'd be intrigued to see what he has left, but I highly doubt much at 41, especially because he threw so hard when he was doing so well. Yeah, I can't imagine what's left of that poor shoulder. Yeah, no, not, not much. <laughs> I can't imagine there's much left. I'm surprised Canada even wants him. So um, obviously keep an eye on that for you. And with the Eric Gagne news, uh, that is your show for the week. Um, of course, you can find us on Twitter at Red Sox underscore Beat. Facebook is Red Sox Beat Podcast. Um, you can listen to us throughout the week on iTunes and Stitcher as well. Um, written coverage is flowing right now. Got some articles up there. Spring training is coming. The news is about. Uh, Jess, any big plans coming up this week as the uh, spring training rolls on? Yeah, so we're doing uh, about every four or five days, we're doing a spring training report, just updating on all the latest news that's happened. We've had three of them so far. I wrote the first, Lauren wrote the second, and Adam wrote the third one today. So we're going to keep that rolling just to keep everyone updated on what's happening in spring training. So that's what's going on now. Um, Lauren just wrote an article today about who should be uh, the opening day starter, and I think we'll talk about that on next week's show. So definitely check out yep. her thoughts. Um, there and then coming up uh in the first week of march we're gonna do our uh our player to watch for we'll be same kind of thing every four or five days we'll have a different different writer with their player to watch for this year like we did last year and then in the middle of march boom 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 bold prediction time and we know we all love that time so get excited for that 
Oh, man, the, the article that we'll reference throughout the year and, and make fun of who yep. was wrong and be shocked <laughs> if it was right. Uh, that wonderful yep. piece of literature that we get every year from you guys, which is amazing. Um, Pretty exciting. So we're excited. You know that written coverage being alive means we have baseball to talk about and means the season's around the corner, which is exciting. Uh, the next milestone is getting our first recap of the season from Jess on this show, <laughs> and that is not <laughs> far away at all, which is very exciting. Um, don't forget, go rate and subscribe to us on iTunes. Please, 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 we thank you. I'm on my knees if you can't see me because I'm on the radio. Um, and, of course, don't forget, our, I want to a big shout again to ZipRecruiter and Audible for being uh, friends of the show. Um, but until next week, for Jess Thomas and Lauren Campbell, I am Jared Scally, And, of course, this has been Red Sox Beat here on CLNSRadio.com. <laughs>